Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health concerns using the labs you already have. Your doctor might tell you your blood work is normal, but I'm here to teach you a better way. If you're a doctor or a health coach and anything in between, there's one for you too. Go grab your free blood work and supplement sheet guide so you can learn how to read your labs yourself. Plus, come join me for the free three-day live what your normal labs really tell you challenge every fourth week of the month with the last one in May. Download your cheat guides and register here at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas and Nutribiome. Systemic Formulas, the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. In fact, when I discovered Systemic Formulas, not only did my patients get faster results, but it made my life easier too. Instead of ordering from a handful of companies, I use 95% SF products. They're top of the line quality with the best lab west of the Mississippi. They're pure, potent, and they get results. In fact, I recommend you follow their Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Jump inside their Facebook group and put my name into the search bar. You'll discover multiple videos of me teaching you labs, products, and even business tools. Everybody can join the Instagram, but practitioners, the Facebook group is just for you. Also, the man who's behind the Systemic Formulas products, Dr. Shane Morris, is launching a new line of supplements designed to take your microbiome to the next level. And it's not just probiotics. He has specific prebiotics designed to feed the probiotics. Oh, and anybody can order them too. Learn more and order soon at mybiome.com. M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E.com. And last but not least, are you a practitioner looking to improve your online presence, but it's overwhelming thinking about building a website, connecting it to a funnel, and then having it all actually make money? Let Tara help you take your dream and make it a reality. She's been the driving force behind my entire website and mastermind, my entire online business. Tara can help you build yours too. She's got brand new packages designed to help you grow your business and future-proof it. With over 20 years of experience in the online business consulting and website mastery world, she's your girl. Go check her out at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast. We have a very special guest. In fact, he is the keto king in the world. His name is Ben Azadi. Go check out his website, benazadi.com. You can find him on social medias all over at Keto Camp, right? Keto Camp or my name, either way you'll find me. Either way, Keto and those are two Ks, K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P. We are going to learn today the do's and do nots of keto the power of the liver, and the power of keto flexing. Ben, I'm excited to have you on. And I know we touched base, what, has it been two weeks ago now? Yeah, two weeks ago in Utah at the Systemic Formulas event, we got to hang out in person. Yeah, and Ben was the speaker at the event. Um, I was there chilling with everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we touched base and uh, I was like, are you on my podcast? I must have reached out to your assistant. She said, yes. And here we are, week and a half later. So what is keto since you are the keto king? Yeah, that's a good question because as you said off air, there are so many different definitions of keto and it's a very popular term nowadays. You go on Dr. Google, you type in, what is the keto diet? You'll get over Dr. Uh, Google. I love that. I always say Google MD or Google MD. Yeah. better. You'll get a whole bunch of uh, results, millions of results. And a lot of it is conflicting. So the, my definition of keto, it's a metabolic process. Technically it's not a diet. So ketosis it has been around since humans have existed. There's nothing really new about ketosis. Every single one of our ancestors did keto. And the reason I know that is because they didn't have food readily available to them. So what do they do? They fasted and they had to have the ability to break down fat and for their liver to produce ketones to give that brain a alternate fuel source other than glucose. So keto is just simply a metabolic process of mobilizing fat, burning fat in the mitochondria, liver produces ketones, which is ketogenesis. And now you have a different fuel source, which is actually the primary fuel source for the brain and the body. So I just wrote down keto is the metabolic process of mobilizing fat to use for fuel. That's right. Okay. Now when people ask me, I know what to tell them. (laughs) Okay. You've been using this for how long with you, your patients? So I've been in the health space since 2008, and I started using keto since 2013. And what do you see as the most benefit from keto? The anti-inflammatory benefit. I mean, oh my gosh, if you could reduce inflammation, it'll help your hormones do a better job at connecting with your receptor sites. So it'll help with mood. It'll help with energy production. It'll help with your brain and brain performance. A lot of people have brain fog and, and memory issues, so it helps turn your brain on. So the anti-inflammatory benefit is the main key that I use it in, in how I teach it. The anti-inflammatory can reach, you know, across all spectrums. Exactly. Are there people who should not do this? I think everybody could benefit from tapping into this energy system called ketosis. <clears throat> now, how long you stay in and how aggressive you are will be dependent on your goals and your health history, et cetera. But anybody could really benefit from this process. Yeah, and we're going to get into more of that with the keto flexing type concept. So since we're talking about it, let's jump in. Keto flexing. Yeah, keto flexing. So I love it. So when I said our ancestors all did keto, that's true. But they also flexed out when they had the opportunity. Whenever they had carbs readily available, they ate the carbs, they flexed out, and then went back into ketosis. And that is the definition of metabolic flexibility, metabolic freedom. And that's exactly the goal we want to achieve because there are some problems that can occur when you stay in ketosis for for too long. And in the book, I talk about four problems, but there's even more than that. And especially for women, there are strategic times to flex in and out. For example, a woman who has a menstrual cycle should be flexing out the seven days before her period because she wants to eat foods that help build progesterone and those are not keto-friendly foods. So that's just one example right there. I think the ultimate goal should be metabolic flexibility, not dogmatic, rigid approach. Jump into that whole hormone cycle. Because even for me, when I first became aware of this, like, wait, I I want to eat carbs during certain parts of my cycle and I shouldn't limit those. Like that was such a cool concept where I was, it wasn't me torturing myself. And I have this strong desire to eat more carbs than normal during dinner. 
And yeah, I shouldn't be because, you know, it's just, it plays with your mind. So Mm -hmm. walk us through that when we should do it with our cycle. That would be really cool to know. Yeah. Great question. So for everybody, I like for them to first experience ketosis for eight to 12 weeks before they do any flexing. And the reason I like eight to 12 weeks is because that takes you from being fat adapted, which means you're burning fat, you're in ketosis to becoming keto adapted, which means now your mitochondria prefer ketones as that energy source, which takes about eight to 12 weeks to achieve that. Once you've achieved that, then you start flexing. Now, if you're a woman who has a menstrual cycle, then if you look at what happens with the hormones, the seven days before the period, you have progesterone and estrogen that are in decline. It's at its lowest during those seven days before the period. If you do keto and do a lot of fasting, that is not going to help you build progesterone and progesterone is important to keep estrogen in check. It's also important for a healthy monthly cycle. So a lot of the times when women experience cravings for carbohydrates, for chocolate, that week leading up to their period, that's actually the innate intelligence giving you clues that you need these carbohydrates because insulin helps make those hormonal conversions. So by strategically choosing those seven days to eat a higher healthy carb um, week, then once your period hits, then that's the best time to go back to keto aggressively and do a different fasting strategy. So that's a perfect example of one way to do keto flexing. And when you say to be eight to 12 weeks keto, how do we determine if we are in ketosis? There's three ways to test. There's urine strips, which looks for uh, one of the ketone bodies called acetoacetate. There's breath meters looking at the ketone body acetone. And then there's blood looking at beta hydroxybutyrate. Out of those three ketone bodies and three ways of testing, blood's going to be the best. I don't like urine because urine could give you some false negatives just because when your body's used to using ketones, it's not going to spill out in the urine. Breath over the years have been kind of hit or miss with the meters, but there is a really good one called Biosense that I would use, but gold standard is going to be blood. So you want to look at your blood ketones. I use a meter called Keto Mojo. If it shows 0.5 or higher, you are fat adapted. You're in ketosis and we want to stay there for eight to 12 weeks. And then we begin flexing after that. Do you recommend people test like daily, weekly? In the beginning, I think it's important to test maybe for the first month. After that, you kind of get a feel for it. And you know, when you're in ketosis, you kind of could feel if you're in ketosis versus not. But in the beginning, I do recommend you you test. It's not something you have to do forever, but just get a good idea of what you're doing is working for you or not in the beginning. And I've never done keto myself, but what I often hear of is people's brains go crazy as they're making that switch over from carbohydrate energy production to fat as energy. Is that true? It can be true if you do it too aggressively, too like too fast, cold turkey. So I don't like that approach. I like more of a low and slow approach of gradually decreasing your carbs each day while you're increasing your healthy fats and electrolytes. So I like a seven to 14 day approach to getting into ketosis. And as long as you do it that way, you shouldn't get those, those, those symptoms that you mentioned or things like keto flu, which is more of an electrolyte withdrawal Um symptom. But if you keep your electrolytes up, keep the fat up, healthy fat, and gradually decrease the carbohydrates until you get to below 50 total grams of carbs for the day, you shouldn't get any of those symptoms. Seven to 14 days. I like that. So don't just jump in and go cold turkey, guys. Listen up and give your body some time, give it time to adjust and adapt. 
I had a one patient say to me, she was, she had just gone through menopause and had your menopausal weight gain and had done keto for, she'd been in ketosis, according to her, for three years straight. And she's like, if I look at fruit, I swear I just gain a pound. Yeah. So I love this idea of the flexing. We're not designed to be in ketosis forever, all the time. And you said it perfectly, where if you go back to our ancestors, they had seasonal changes with their diet. We don't because it's all on the grocery store shelf, but it's an easy way to adapt. When people always ask me, well, what should I eat? My reply is, well, what have you tried and what did or didn't work? Because everyone's different. But then your idea of flexing this, go on, go off, go on, go off and, and hit the middle points all throughout the time. So did we touch everything on keto flexing you would like to discuss? Yeah, well, that's there's there's different ways to do keto flexing. So that's one way if you have the menstrual cycle. Uh, like you said, the, the woman who did keto for three years, and if she just looks at fruit, she gains weight. That's because her body now forgot how to use the other pathway, the glucose, the sugar burning pathway. And that pathway is not bad unless you're always a sugar burner, but you want to tap into that sugar burner pathway once in a while. So your body remembers how to use it. Otherwise you do keto for three years, you have a high carb day and you, you feel awful and you gain a lot of weight because your body forgot how to use that pathway. But how to prevent that is to strategically flex out eight to 12 weeks after doing keto then you could keep reminding your body that it has this pathway and it keeps things more efficient. Men will do it differently than women. Postmenopausal women will do it differently than menstruating women, but everybody should practice some form of some variation of keto flexing. What do you recommend for men? There's something called the 511 rule, which I wrote about in my book. Um, Dr. Pompa actually developed it. It's a seven day protocol. And once you are keto adapted eight to 12 weeks, then you could do this approach for men. I like it a lot for men. So it's a seven day protocol, five in the five, one, one, the five is five days of an 18, six intermittent fasting schedule with eating two keto friendly meals in your six hour eating window. The first one in the five, one, one rule is a 24 hour water fast dinner to dinner or lunch to lunch or breakfast to breakfast either works, but you do that for one day. And then the other, the final one is a keto flex day, no fasting, higher healthy carbs, and you intentionally get yourself out of ketosis. And that's a great protocol. It's a seven day protocol, which you can do for a long period of time. Okay. I caught the five. What were the ones and ones? The first one is a 24 hour water fast. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay. And then the next one's just a regular day. Uh, yeah. A keto flex day. So no fasting and you want to bump up your carbs to 100 to 150 grams of carbs for the day. Interesting. I've never heard that 511 rule though. I am very familiar with Pompa. It's a great um, protocol. Yeah. What do you see men getting results from this? Why would why would somebody want to do it? Because it'll remind the body number 1 that it's not starving with the flex day. Um it taps into the sugar burner pathway, it helps hormonal conversions for men as well, and it just gets gets your body a change, right? Variation is key. You don't want to be so rigid. You wouldn't do the same workout every single week. You wouldn't do the same diet every single year. So having a day where you flex out of ketosis for men will help remind the body it's not starving, make some hormonal conversions and, and just help them continue getting results. 
I like that it's just seven days too. If someone wants a place to start, just start with just seven days, focus it on it, on it for a week. So the five days, first five days is the 18, six intermittent fasting window, which means 18 hours of not eating six hours of eating within your 24 hour period. Then you go over to a 24 hour water fast. And then I've never actually done that myself. That's why I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then the next day is the, the flexible day where you're eating more of 100 to 150 grams of carbs. That would yep. be a great place for you men to start. Do you recommend women too? That's good for postmenopausal women. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Postmenopausal women. And for those of us who are in menopause and we still are not in menopause, in still menstruating, there you go, uh, like myself, then we flex throughout the menstrual period. Yeah, you flex the seven days before your cycle. Yeah, those are your seven okay. flex days. Yep. There we go. Cool. So there's everything we need to know about keto flexing, keto flexing 101. Yeah. Before we jump into higher liver processes, let's talk about three mistakes people make when they jump into a keto type diet. Yeah, great question. The first one is going to be eating the wrong fats. There is clean keto. There is dirty keto. Most people who do keto and teach keto do it the dirty way. So we want to avoid these polyunsaturated fatty acids. They're called PUFAs, aka vegetable oils, aka industrial seed oils. They're highly inflammatory, more inflammatory than sugar. They stick around for a very long time. And the reason they're so inflammatory is because of the chemical structure. Number one, they have a lot of double bonds, poly meaning many. So it has many of these double bonds. The more double bonds a fat has, the more oxygen it attracts, the more oxygen it attracts, the more oxidation that occurs. So inflammation. And then also top on, uh, to add on top of that, it's the processing of these oils are, are really horrendous. They use solving agents and bleach and high heat. It's just so inflammatory. So I'm going to list the toxic eight that we want to avoid these eight fats. Okay. We have canola, corn, cottonseed. Those are the three C's, canola, corn, cottonseed. Then we have three S's, which are sunflower, safflower, soybean. And then we have rice bran and grapeseed oil. Those are the hateful eight, Dr. Kate Shanahan likes to call them. Rice bran and grapeseed oil? Yeah, those are the last two. So what we want to do is swap those for saturated and monounsaturated fats. Saturated fats have no double bonds and monounsaturated fats have one mono. So far less oxygen. You're making me flashback to organic chemistry. I don't like I know, right? <laughs> Biochem is my thing, but not okay. <laughs> so those are going to be uh, saturated fats like coconut oil, butter, ghee, duck fat, and then olive oil is a great also alternative as a monounsaturated fat, much, much better options. And avocado oil is also good. I hear of people just taking like a scoop of coconut oil and eating it. Yeah. That could work during a fast. It doesn't break your fast. It can help you produce ketones. Uh, that's a good option. Okay, cool. I like how you get rid of these ones. I'll switch it out for these ones. Perfect. So number one problem people make with keto is they eat the wrong fats. That's the first one. Making so many notes here, I gotta switch pages. I love it. I love it. It's Number great. two. Number two is gonna be not getting the fundamentals secure before you do everything else. So, what do I mean by that? The fundamentals of health are going to be sleep and stress. So, you could do keto perfectly, fasting perfectly, follow the flexing principles we spoke about. But if your sleep is crap, 
it's going to be very difficult to get the results you want. So you will want to aim to get quality sleep, seven to nine hours of sleep each night. You know, if you're tracking your sleep, which I do, I would recommend getting at least 90 minutes of REM and deep sleep each night. So make sure, and then for stress, also make sure you're mastering your stress. You have an outlet for stress that's coming your way. And stress comes from three areas, as you know, mental, emotional stress, physical stress, chemical stress. So make sure you're taking care of each of those. So a lot of people fail to address the fundamentals and then everything else falls apart. So that would be my second tip, address the fundamentals. Yeah. I'm a big lab girl. I love turning normal labs into answers, healing and hope. That's my thing. And um, people will say, well, I did everything you wanted me to. On rare occasion, this happens when I didn't do my, my pre-questions correctly, but I'll get them in their perfect regimen, you know, three months down the road, six months down the road. They're like, I'm just not feeling anything different. Then we start asking them about their environment. Is there a possibility of mold in your house? What's the quality of air you're breathing? Have you ever thought about that? Is there a fire in your area? Um, do you have trauma from your childhood, whether it's a big T trauma or a little T trauma? And one time I said this to a, I've only had this happen like three times, but one time chronic fatigue was the name of her game. And she tried all the physical modalities, right? That was the last option. So I read her labs, did everything from the lab perspective, set her up on this very simple, straightforward protocol. Six months down the road, she's like sending me hate messages on social media, which I think is hilarious, but because she didn't feel anything different. And I started asking her questions and she literally said, well, there's a water leak in my basement. And then here's the next key thing, but I don't have money or the ability to move. Mm. Well, there's your problem. One, the mindset and two, your environment is what's making you sick. No physical training or modality or treatment or or change in diet or anything is going to change that until you get out of the sick environment. So I love how you're like the lack of fundamentals. Are you overly stressed? Are you even getting enough sleep? Now, me, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Neither one of them sleep very well. So I don't think I'm getting 90 minutes of REM. I don't even know if I'm hitting REM sleep. <laughs> um, but that's that's motherhood, right? So make sure we're getting the fundamentals. This keto is not going to be a miracle. And so this way with everything, reading your labs isn't going to be a miracle. However, when you incorporate all of the good stuff underneath your umbrella and you take care of all aspects, that's when you get to see the miracles. And then the miracles are long lasting. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You got to go upstream. There's so many hidden stressors, mold, mycotoxins, uh, to your point. So you got to get that. Water. I mean, I was at Cellcor's conference before I was at Systemics conference where, where you and I ran into each other. And they're really big on, on the water sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Water is important in my mind, but I never focus so much on it. Water, huge source of toxins. Yeah, totally. All right, so those are two. Th- yeah. Those are two. Number three. So I would, you know, I would throw in keto, not flexing out and, and the liver thing into that. But since we're going to, we already spoke about flexing and we're going to talk about the liver. I'll, I'll throw something else in there. Uh, I would say that the third mistake is focusing only on the weight loss and the body does not lose weight to get healthy. It gets healthy to lose weight. So we should not let the scale determine whether or not your approach is working for you or against you. We should pay attention to non-scale victories. How are your energy levels? Is your skin clearing up? Do you have more confidence? Are your clothes fitting better? Are you doing lab work? I mean, to your point, are you getting some inflammatory markers done? Do you see improvement there? 
as you get healthy, the weight will come off, but we don't focus on the weight loss. The weight will take care of itself as you continuously get healthy and reduce inflammation. Say that again, but the very first thing you said, your body, what? You do not lose weight to get healthy. You get healthy to lose weight. Bingo. Love that. <laughs> so focus on getting healthy and then the weight loss will just be a result of that. Yeah, if because there's not weight loss, you might have to look under some underlying hidden emotional components. Right. Or water damage or, you know, living by a golf course, silver fillings in your mouth. There's so many things that we help that people discover. Um, but yeah, that's exactly it because nobody has a weight problem. I used to be obese. I, I never had a weight problem. It's a weight symptom. So take care of the cause and the symptom goes away. And that's our point here. You're tiny now. We would never believe <laughs> yeah. you were obese. Whatever that weigh, means to you, right? I used to weigh 250 pounds, 34% body fat. That was back in 2008. But yeah, most of my life I was overweight. So then speaking into your story, 2008, what changed? Hitting rock bottom and taking responsibility and just doing whatever it takes to change my ways. Yeah. And now you are 13 years later, 13 the keto years king. <laughs> All right. We have covered so much. I hope you guys are as taking as fast a note as I am. Be sure you check Ben out at benazadi.com. Follow him on all his social media platforms. I know I am. And uh, last but not least, the powerful, powerful liver. Mm. Yeah, the liver is very important. Whether you're doing keto or not, we want to support that liver. Dr. Don Klum, my colleague, calls it the soccer mom organ because it does everything for us, that liver. <laughs> the, tr the, the truth is that we, we beat up our liver throughout our lifetime through toxins, medications, alcohol, processed foods. And then now we start increasing our fats on keto, which we want to do healthy fats, but then we lack the bile flow to break down that fat. So the liver produces bile, which is like liquid gold. It helps break down fat and it helps with detoxification. But when you have thick biliary sludge, so thick bile, you cannot really efficiently break down fat. So you're increasing fat, so you can't break it down and you're going to feel miserable. You're going to feel nauseous. You're going to have digestive issues. You're going to think keto didn't work for you. That's the first problem. The second problem is when you start to actually burn body fat, shrink fat cells, toxins are stored in fat cells. You can't burn toxins. You can burn fat. Those toxins get dumped. The liver and bile helps remove those toxins. But if you have sluggish bile, you can't remove it. So you auto intoxicate yourself and feel awful. So what do you do? We want bitters, bitters for the liver. So we want to incorporate on a daily basis, bitters. So arugula, dandelion greens, artichokes, radicchio, apple cider vinegar, lemons, limes, even coffee. We want to stimulate that liver to produce healthy bile, milk thistle, milk thistle tea. So livers are going to be super important, whether you're doing keto or not, but especially if you're doing keto, because you're increasing your fats. Do you recommend that via supplementation, food, both? Yeah, supplementation would be a good idea. So taking a, a product with ox bile in it would be a great idea before a large fatty meal. Yep. I also know a lot of people are going to be like, well, I don't have my gallbladder. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say it's producing, but I think it's just the storage for storage house for the, the storage bile. house yeah. of bile. So if they don't have their gallbladder, is that even more important to take ox bile? Yeah, good point. Absolutely. And you want to go even slower with keto and probably have smaller meals the first 30 days, have smaller 
meals to spread out your fats and you really want to support the liver. So you support the liver with those bitters and really take an ox bile supplement, maybe do other things like coffee enemas, castor oil packs, but support that liver because the liver now takes the, the load of the gallbladder that was storing the bile. And now the liver needs to work even harder. So you want to really support that liver for that first 30 days, especially. I know you and I use systemic formulas. Their liver gallbladder support is called LB yeah. as liver. And, and it is liver gallbladder support. I'm pretty sure there's ox bile in it, right? There's ox bile in it. That's exactly what I yeah. recommend for those who don't have a gallbladder or for those who struggle to break down fat. Great minds think alike, guys. We're using the same stuff. LB. LB. LB is it. And in, so milk thistle, speaking of supplements, milk thistle is in NZ. It's an enzyme from systemic formulas, but it's also a driving support factor for liver because of that milk thistle ingredient. That's right. I don't go much into ingredients in those supplements, but I do know those two. (laughs) Those are probably the only things I know. (laughs) I just know that they work and that's all I care about. So they do. NZ and LB. You can find that. I'm sure you can find it on his website as well as mine because you have to have a license to get that. So use our licenses, our certifications to get access to the best stuff. Don't just go buying stuff on Amazon, people. Yeah, that's a problem. There's a lot of people do some tricky stuff on Amazon. Yeah. Just because it's on the label doesn't mean it's on the it's really in there. And if you're really trying to heal, you might as well get what you're paying for. That's right. Okay. The liver. Bitters are your friend. Things like milk thistle found in Enzy, support with ox bile. You can get that from LB, the supplements. Any other factoids about the liver we should know? Well, just keep supporting that liver. I mean, you get always test your en- liver enzymes to see if they're elevated. Uh, the best way to know if you have fatty liver is to do um, like an ultrasound. Also, if you suspect that your liver is sluggish, you want to really limit your fructose, which is going to be in, in a lot of fruits and fruit juices and smoothies. So limit your fructose and uh, do all the other things we mentioned and support that liver. I'm really big into labs, right? So let's talk ALT, AST. Mm-hmm. Those are the liver markers. Those are the most common liver markers. The range I use for both of those markers is between 10 and 26. Yeah. If you are over 26, you definitely need liver support and maybe even something more extensive like a full-on detox. Also with systemic formulas, they have prep body brain phase. That is their big three-month detox regimen created by Dr. Pompa himself. I'm sure they're on your website. They're on my website. Yeah. Grab them. But those ALT, AST markers, you can identify for yourself, how is your liver doing? with all of this. And even if you're within that normal range, a little liver support's always a good thing. We live in a toxic world. There's no way around it. Yeah. You're going to feel better if you support your liver, show your liver some love. And those markers, the ALT and the AST, most people who get just uh, their annual labs usually have that on there, which is you know rare because they don't really do a good comprehensive job, but those are usually on them. So look at them and make sure they're in the optimal range. Yeah, for sure. The other thing I want to point out with the livers, because I know we have people taking a ton of supplements and I would say like, beware of your liver because those supplements, they have to get processed through your liver, just like everything else. So make sure you're getting the top quality. Make sure you're not giving more stress to your liver, thinking that you're doing it a good thing. You're doing your body good when you're really just putting more stress on that poor little organ. 
Yeah, you're so right. Especially like synthetic multivitamins with folic acid, that's could be tough in the liver. And also it's, it's a good idea, even if you're taking quality supplements to have a day where you take no supplements and just kind of give your body a reset and a break. It's always a good idea to mix things up. Yeah. I always tell patients I'm the worst patient because I never take anything religiously. I have a stash full of systemic products in my cupboard. I'll take neurosin here or there and for my brain, I'll take some blood sugar support with cinnamon here and there, but usually it's like GA and those other two when I need it. I'm not a big, I'm not going to pound supplements myself. However, if you get the right stuff with the right regimen for what you need, when you need it, they can be pretty powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we just loaded this 30 minute segment with tons of gold, but I love ending segments with client successes. So do you have a favorite story you would love to tell? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there's one that comes to mind that just came to mind. I wrote about him in my book, uh, keto flex type one diabetic. And, you know, a lot of type one diabetics think they can't do keto. They can't even practice intermittent fasting. They have to live off of insulin. Correct. They have to live off the insulin several times a day. And while they probably do need exogenous insulin for the rest of their life, but the quantity and the frequency could be really much improved their quality of life. So, uh, he got into my keto camp Academy and he started following the protocols and he dramatically limited the amount of insulin he was using each day. He lost a ton of weight, uh, and his just quality of life improved because he didn't have to rely on taking insulin all the time. And he monitored his glucose and ketones. That's important. That's one example. I also have another member Shannon type two diabetic, who after 60 days got off of her insulin with her doctor, got off of her medication with her doctor. So the body is amazing. It could heal as long as we do our, our job and identify that interference, remove it, and then let your body heal, which are two examples right there. Yeah. You give your body the tools it needs, it can do its job. That's right. And I always like to remind people, like our bodies are incredible, incredible machines with multiple systems playing together and roles together. It's not just your thyroid. It's not just your liver. It is a full detox system. It is a full endocrine system. And they all are happily intermixed. And just give your body credit for what it does do. We don't do that enough. That's right. Amen. All right, Ben. Go check them out. Benazadi.com. And I will get you on the next season, I'm sure. Thank you, Kylie. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate you for having me. feel empowered, loved this episode, help others find it by leaving a review. It's the best compliment I can receive. Then take your learning one step farther and discover what your normal labs really tell you by downloading the free cheat guide and register for the next three-day live challenge. Do it all at drkylieburton.com. Remember, there's a cheat guide and a three-day live challenge for those of you with medical background too. Take your practice beyond the diagnosis with your free downloads and challenge at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas, Nutribiome, and Terra Consulting, Inc. Systemic Formulas is the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. Everybody can join them on Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Practitioners jump inside their Facebook group. It's called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Once inside the group, search my name and you'll discover videos on labs, supplements, and business tools. It's all free. See you on the inside.
Are you a practitioner ready to up-level your online presence? Tara is your girl. She is a brilliant mind behind my entire platform, my practice, and the BTD Mastermind. From writing the copy to building the technical back end of my website to marketing strategy, I highly recommend you let her take your dream and make it a reality, just as she did for me. Get started here at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. Be back next week.